listening to Out of the Box Podcast with Rosie Tran. Please subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and leave a positive comment if you like us. Out of the Box Podcast is sponsored by HugMeTees.com. HugMeTees, spread love, give a hug. HugMeTees.com. I'm here today with the co-founder of The Love Mob and actor, philanthropist, and political activist, Preston Smiles. Preston, how are you doing today? Ooh, ooh. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm wonderful. I'm rock and roll right now. I um, am really excited about Love Mob. I want to explain it to people who aren't familiar with it. Um, it's kind of like a massive kind acts of kindness, right? Yeah, we are organized acts of love. So we are just like the mob, but for good. Um, you just came off a Love Mob last night. Tell me all about it. Oh, it was ridiculous. This, this particular mob was called uh, Pi, which is the circumference of a circle. And it's like a... a think that we hit about 300 people it's like a 300 person dinner party um where marianne williamson came and spoke uh for those of you guys who aren't familiar with her she's running for congress and she is a friend of oprah's and always on the show and she um wrote a book called a return to love which is a 10 time national bestseller so she came to speak we had all these beautiful musicians who shared their gift live jazz band ridiculously beautiful poetry um, and a lot of good people. Like in in the middle of it last night, I just asked everybody to just take a look to the left and the right because it was like the Super Bowl of good people. <laughs> it really was. So uh. tell me, what did, made you decide to start something like this? Because, you know, it seems like this these days there's a lot of focus on like negativity you know you turn on the news and you see all this like nonsense and i i love the idea of a love mob because you're bringing all these positive messages and you guys are growing you know i momentously online i know that there was um a blurb about you guys when you went to hollywood highland and you were singing and i've seen other you know press releases and news stories about you guys so what made you decide hey i'm gonna just start this group all about love Mm, yeah, uh, I think it's the same reason why you're doing this podcast and the same reason why why people decide to, to operate in any sense or form or fashion. It's, it's because we must, you know, in, in this life, you only get what you must and not what you should. And, you know, a lot of people have a lot of shoulds, but for myself and Mustafa Shakir and Alison Kunith, it came to a point where we were like... Those are your co-founders. Those are the co-founders of The Love Mob. Um, It came to a point where we were like, we must do something about this. Because a lot of people talk about the shift. A lot of people talk about the negativity and they go, why? Why is politics this? Or why is this that? But they don't take any action. Exactly. But we decided to, to stop talking about it and be about it. So we must. And that's why The Love Mob exists. So what are some of the things that you guys have done? Some of the exciting, fun, you know, revolutionary, out-of-the-box things that you guys have created? Mm, yeah. Just we, so that the listeners... And just so some of the listeners know, if you guys aren't familiar, uh, the Love Mob was started in Los Angeles, but Love Mobs have sprouted up in New York mm-hmm. and in other cities. And if you guys want to start your own Love Mob, I mean, you're more than welcome to it's spread the love. Exactly. It's, exactly. Not, it's not just like, hey, Preston Smiles is in LA. I can't do the love mob because he's the leader or... You know, a co-creator of the Love Mob. I can't do it myself. Exactly. We have Love Mobs popping up everywhere. Uh, just in the last week, we've had people from Australia and London and different places say, "Hey, we want Love Mob South Africa." And I'm like, "Please go right ahead." Uh, I think your original question was, "What?" So, what are some of the organized acts of love oh, that you guys yes. have created? So, this, this is, yesterday's Love Mob wasn't the first one. You've had multiple. Love no, mobs. we have we have many different 
versions of mobs. So there's the traditional love mob, which is a flash mob. We go somewhere. The last one we did was December 14th. That was in six major cities across the world. Um, and oh, heavy one. <laughs> yeah, and you guys so were there. And uh, oh yeah, and um, we uh, we did uh, the Grove. And that ended up just under a thousand people. We shut down cells for 30 minutes in the Grove while we sang the Beatles song, All You Need Is Love. So that was a flash mob, love mob. Then we have this thing called the Beat, which is a 300-person interactive jam session where we bring all the dopest, most amazing artists in L.A., put them under one roof, and just let them jam the hell out. But the, the tagline for jam the heaven out, the tagline for the, for the beat is you aren't coming to see the show you are the show so uh everybody's involved whatever song we're singing whatever's happening we do about 12 covers everybody's a part of that and then we attach a charity uh to what all the proceeds we get from the night which is we usually charge like 11 dollars uh we give to a charity so you're raising money, you're raising awareness, mm-hmm. and you're having, it's an all-inclusive And raising group. the frequency. You're raising the frequency and the consciousness of the way people are thinking. Mm-hmm. And it's not just like you have to be in a certain group. Everyone's included, right? Anyone can join yes. or be a part of it. Now, how are you guys communicating? Because I know with the Occupy movement, um, and I'm not comparing you guys to Occupy, but I'm just, because you guys are a large, you know, massive movement. Be, to keep things organized, people would yell different phrases or communications. How are you guys organizing? Because to have a thousand people go and do something kind of synchronized, that's like a lot of effort, right? It is. It's totally a lot of effort. And it's, <laughs> what's interesting is we've done all of this with no money. All the money that has been spent has come out of our personal pockets. Um, so it is literally Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, word of mouth. And that's how we've been getting it out and, and email. And... The beautiful thing about the love mob is, and I think a lot of people understand this at this point, is where they went wrong in the 60s was they made an enemy. And the love mob has no enemies. So what do you mean by that? So in the, the 60s, they the said, enemy, exactly. The system, whatever. Mm-hmm. Right? In the 60s, they said, it's us versus the man. And for us, we realized that as soon as you make an enemy, then nobody wins. So instead of trying to beat them, we just raise and, and lift our vibration and, and become one voice to a point where it's undeniable, where we create a new category, where, where it, love is a lifestyle now. So the cool kids, the dope people, all of the above, all inclusive, all are operating from this certain frequency. So let me see if I can clarify this in a different language or a different communication. So you're saying that in the 1960s, they mm-hmm. had a style of, you know, it was a peace movement. It was a love movement. But maybe by saying, hey, the man, we're against the man, we're against the system. They were creating some type of resistance or there's something wrong mm-hmm. with society or there's something that needs to be fixed. Whereas you guys are saying, hey, this is how it is now. And we're going to love it. We're going to accept it. And we're just going to take all that negativity and not even acknowledge it, just raise the level onto a higher level of thinking. Is mm-hmm. that is that kind of what you're doing? Yep. Choice. We're choosing. And what you resist persists and what you look at disappears. And, and what I mean by that is in the 60s, because they resisted, it just kept coming back based on law of attraction. So the more you say, I hate you, I just place that in here. If I say, I hate you, Rosie, you're you are now in negative exactly. energy. Yeah. And now that lives in me. That's kind of like, you know, Mother Teresa talked about it. Um, She said, you know, I won't go to an anti-war rally, but I'll go to a peace rally. Mm -hmm. Because you're, by 
I guess by saying, hey, that's my enemy, that's something bad, that's something, you're you're kind of, like you said, drawing attention to it. Mm-hmm. And you guys don't want to draw attention to all those negative things. You just want to focus on the love. Yes. Nothing to heal, just to reveal. So, um, I believe that, that there's only one. And in, and in the consciousness of oneness, you are not separate from me. Nothing is separate from the one. I'm really glad that you brought this up. Let's talk about one love because I see a lot of people, you know, on Twitter or other people saying one love, hashtag one love, or Mm -hmm. people saying one love. And I don't, I think that a lot of people have a very general idea of it because, so for example, you know, the concept of the law of attraction, Mm -hmm. you know, I have hear a lot of people being haters. Well, if the law of attraction is true, then are people that are starving in Africa, do they, are they attracting negativity? They, you know, and people putting all this negative energy on the law of attraction, basically Mm non-believers. And, um, I had a hard time myself because I believe in the law of attraction. I had a hard time myself explaining it because I said, well, you know, I would try to explain it to people and I would get really confused. Mm-hmm. And then I um, I read, well, I listened to an audio book um, called the, oh, geez, it's Brent. I can't remember if his last name is Moran. I'm, I'm totally blanking right now. Oh, good. But he has a book called, um, oh, I remember what the book is called. Unlock, Unlock Your Inner Millionaire, mm-hmm. right? But he doesn't just preach, you know, financial. He talks about um a personal relationship attraction attracting positive things in your life attracting finance and also attracting uh love etc cetera, etc cetera. and mm-hmm. he goes into the law of attraction on a very deep scientific level where he uses a lot of facts instead of just saying oh you know if you think about good things good things will happen mm-hmm. and so that brought a higher awareness for myself even though i already believed in the law of attraction but i was able to explain it to people who maybe were a little bit more naysayers Mm -hmm. so i want to talk about one love with you because i really have a really deep understanding of one love and i think some people they just think it's a bunch of hippy dippy nonsense Mm -hmm. and they don't understand the actual concept of uh one love so i'd like to discuss it with you because i like to bring people on the podcast that are kind of um thinking the same way i am so that they because i want to explain some of my concepts because sometimes i'll say you know like I said, law of attraction. Mm-hmm. And people say, oh, well, that's just a bunch of nonsense because they're not understanding it on a deeper level. So let's talk about one love because it's a really, really um, interesting and very not just spiritually and emotionally true thing, but it's actually scientifically science. proven science. on so many levels that it drives me nuts when people say, oh, it's a bunch of hippy dippy nonsense or, oh, you know, you're just a california hippie or you're just into new new age you know what i'm saying you know what i'm saying They're like you're just into new age nonsense rosie and uh, and there's so much scientific proof for one love and i so i'd like for to hear your opinion and then of course i'll you know i have a lot to say about it <laughs> i see i see <laughs> that was awesome no that's beautiful what what's my opinion on one love well explain your your version of it because like i said sometimes by you explaining it it can bring out my mm-hmm. explanation a little bit better because I don't like when these people or naysayers say, well, you know, like I said, that's hippy dippy stuff or that's not, that's woo, that's not scientifically proven. But these things are scientifically proven. No, yeah. even, I, I use this example over and over again. Even in the 1800s, Nikola Tesla proved that the human vibration, mm-hmm. that, that there's a, um, a electromagnetic field around us mm-hmm. and we affect each other through this electromagnetic, yeah. this is science from the freaking 1800s. Yeah. It's been proven for years and years and years and years yet people are still saying, you know, this idea of separation. So I guess what I'm saying is describe your idea of one love and your understanding of it um, for the listeners and so that maybe it can help them with their understanding of it. Indeed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, uh, the beautiful part is whether you believe in stuff like that or not, we're all operating from it. And I'll give the listeners example, and I'll give you an example. If I were to fall out of this chair right now, you wouldn't care whether I was Christian, Muslim, black, white, gay, straight, anything I could name, you wouldn't care. Because there's something called mirror neurons that fire off in you when you see someone else hurt. Those mirror neurons are basically explaining what one love is, which is I am you and you am, and I, yeah, how am I saying this? I am you and you we're are me. We're connected in the way that when, when you watch a film and you see someone's thumb cut off in the film. Yeah, exactly. You feel the you pain go, as well. And you kind of grab mm-hmm. your arm and you go, wow, that hurts. Yep. So, uh, for instance, I, I don't have a religion, but uh, in the Bible, Jesus says that what you do to the least of my brothers, you also do to me. And I find that that is one of the most deep, profound metaphysical statements in the Bible, because what he's pointing to is that no matter how high up on the mountain you believe you get, if somebody's starving right now, so are you. The, the pain that's felt in Africa is felt here. Because there is, literally, there is no end to, to what's happening. Everything is connected. And on a scientific level, the mirror neurons is like the, the easiest way to explain it to somebody who doesn't really understand quantum physics and stuff of that nature. So for me, I always explain it in that sense. Like, what would you do? What happens all the time? At 9-11, people were carrying people out of buildings, not because uh, they didn't... They weren't sh- saying, are you yeah. Christian? Are you Jewish? What are you? They are just, you? They just did it. Yep. Yep. And I think in times of crisis, it comes out because we're not in our automatic. Mm-hmm. You know, our automatic or our belief systems or our judgments kind of wash away. And we just think, I, this is my brother. Mm-hmm. This is my sister. It's a person. You know, the same thing happened, you know, during the Boston bombings and other things. When you see people injured, you want to help. Mm-hmm. And that's a natural part of us. And I think, you know, in our current paradigm of society, there's a focus on competition and individualism. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with being, you know, having your own. We're all very unique individual. I like to say snowflakes. Mm -hmm. right? We have our own design and print. But that doesn't mean because you're one type of snowflake and I'm another type of snowflake that one's better or the other's Mm -hmm. better. And so I think it's really important to talk about that because I hear a lot of, you know, criticism um, when I when I talk about uh, some of my beliefs with the with the one love and the other. And, you know, Mm -hmm. it it seems silly, like, well, who would be against that? But a lot of people, like I said, who are very cynical or who are very scientific minded think, well, you know, that's just a bunch of hippy dippy nonsense. and It's not scientifically proven. But the crazy thing is that a lot of this, quote unquote, new age thinking actually is ancient thinking and it's been around for thousands of years for sure and now just now you know people people always think that or make the assumption that because we are where we are in society that we are the most evolved we've ever been but the science is now just catching up to the Mm -hmm. things that have already been here yeah they're just can't even explain what's in the ocean let alone like what's happening really in the human body and it's not to discount science but you know a lot of people take science as a fact pure fact and they say well you know, this is science and this is why I'm atheist. And I'm not promoting any specific religion, but I'm saying don't discount mm-hmm. knowledge that's been out there for thousands and thousands and well, thousands of years. Especially on that sense, because 
science can only go so far. And what, where it gets to is if I break you down and I break you down and I break you down under a microscope, under a microscope, under, and I just keep breaking you down to the very last compound, there's nothing there. So then what are you? There's a point where science hits and goes, what do we call this? And the they, way Preston's doing question mark with his hands. Yep. <laughs> they, they call it, <laughs> they call it like Fox PF52 or something like that, which is basically the end of how, how far their microfo- microscopes can go. At that point, it's just spirit. And if you're not that, if you're not that shell that you're in, then what the hell are you? But even beyond the actual, you know, physics of my physical body and biology of my mm-hmm. body uh, i'm talking about things that for example yoga mm-hmm. yoga is a practice that has been taught for thousands and thousands of years and you know um some people are like well there's no proof that it helps or whatever you know these yogis spent their entire lives mm-hmm. dedicating their lives to the practice and understanding of yoga over thousands of years in india and southeast asia and other things like that and now they're doing scientific tests that prove that yoga people that practice yoga uh generate more um not awareness that's can't be proven um they generate they generally are more relaxed Mm -hmm. they generally are more peaceful they tend to be less angry Mm -hmm. so that's just a scientific fact backing something that was known for since ancient times exactly the same thing with meditation Mm-hmm. You know, oh, well, you know, meditation, I'm not into that. And even prayer. I have people that say they don't believe in the power of prayer. Well, whether you believe in prayer or you don't believe in prayer, there's scientific proof that prayer works. So, for example, say you're atheist mm-hmm. and you uh, close your eyes every day and you pray and say, hey, you know, dear Lord, whatever, whoever, I I want to reach my goal of running five miles. So if you are spiritual then you're putting that out there to the universe and you can believe that, you know, and of course with committed action. Mm-hmm. But if you don't believe in any God, it is scientifically proven. If you state your goals verbally out loud and say things to yourself, which is basically what prayer is, mm-hmm. that you will reach your goals better. So the science is behind it and the spirit is behind it. Yes. So it's just like something that needs to be reiterated because I maybe it's because I, I grew up in the South, but I hear a lot of naysayers saying, you know, who believe in you know traditional or conventional thinking saying, well, that's just a bunch of new age stuff. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to it. No, there's tons of scientific evidence, but it's, it's. How do you deal with that? How do I deal with it? Yeah. How do you deal with the naysayers? And so, and give me a, spe- a specific example. Well, if it's on Twitter, which I get sometimes, because mm-hmm. <laughs> I tweet a lot of positive stuff, and I think sometimes I irritate people. <laughs> I'm sure that's um, awesome. But if you're getting irritated by positive quotes, that's not good. <laughs> that's not a good. That's a reflection of yourself. Hmm. But um, if it's on Twitter, I don't. I used to engage, but I don't because I think 140 characters is not enough enough for me to explain some of these concepts. Mm-hmm. And I found myself actually going to like a lower consciousness level trying to be feeling defensive you know and my mom talks about that she always says you know if you argue with an idiot you're an idiot Mm -hmm. so i i don't engage there but i've had people say you know um that's woo or that's nonsense and what i do is i just you know try to center myself and get calm because i don't want to make it about me and Mm -hmm. turn and make it personal and i just try to explain to them in a very scientific way tom sadiak do you know tom Mm -hmm. uh he wrote an amazing um, book, and he was also the director for I, I Am, mm-hmm. which is an amazing documentary if you guys want to check that out. I went to a, a, a public event of his where he was speaking, and he does a really good job. He's like really good at explaining it in a very scientific way, mm-hmm. and that it can't be, not debated, but um, he seems to quell 
the questioning of people who are more analytical. Mm-hmm. Let's just say it like that. Got and it. need more facts, quote unquote. Yeah. Because sometimes, you know, I've been to speakings where, you know, a woman will be on stage and she's wearing, you know, loose clothes and flowing clothes. And she's like, oh, it's all about the love. And I, I, that resonates with me. You know, I want to go up and hug her. But I know people who are more analytical. It just seems too... Um, like out there for them you know mm. when someone's got the long hippie hair and they're playing this oh it's all about the love even though you know i don't know why anyone would resist someone talking about it being about love mm-hmm. but i think that there it tends to be a very um especially in these days with you know the brainwashing mainstream media that has a lot of um falsities being mm. projected w- among them separatism yeah long hippie hair you just named a bunch of them yeah. All of these things are boxes that don't actually exist when when it comes down to the come down, which is the thing that I keep bringing us back to, which is if there was a car accident outside your house right now, both of us would run out there and do our best to support whoever was hurt in that car, regardless of all of those boxes that we just named. And that's our truth. And I speak from that place. I hold people high no matter where they are. And if they aren't ready to receive so be it. So have you had people coming up to you and saying, Preston, this is a bunch of nonsense? Or this, I mean, you, sa- had- you seem to surround yourself with mostly positive people, but I mean, what no. have you had that? Yeah, it happens. It definitely happens. But I also understand that the, uh, the most expensive advice you could ever get is advice from a poor person. And I don't mean poor in finances. I mean poor in consciousness. And So what do you mean by expensive advice? So... For instance, it would be like you going to someone who's never been in a relationship or who's cheated their whole life and asking them for advice on how to be with your boyfriend. Got it. That would be expensive advice because <laughs> you would probably not have a boyfriend for much longer. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. If everything is frequency, everything is energy, it's vibration and frequency. That is scientifically, I'm doing air quotes here, scientifically proven. Now, whether you knew that scientifically or not, that is what is. Like that period. That's what's happening. Everything is vibration. We're made of the same things that a tree is made out of. So if everything is vibrating, stardust. Yes, if everything (laughs) is vibrating, everything is vibrating, and it's all consciousness. If I encounter somebody who has a, a consciousness, a poor consciousness, as of now that I perceive, and I keep meeting them in that space, then that's all that remains. So. Uh, like Einstein says, no problem can be solved at the level of consciousness in which it was created. So if you meet me with fire, if you come to me with fire and I meet you back with fire, fire remains. Mm-hmm. But if you come and I, you come with fire and I decide to be wind or, or, or water, then we have a different conversation happening. So how can, so how can our listeners become wind? <laughs> exactly. It's a beautiful thing. Share, share your knowledge and your love, your I guess cheap knowledge, cheap advice <laughs> <laughs> with the listeners. Exactly. Listeners, this this guy's smart. He's very wise. <laughs> Actually, I would say Preston is very wise. I don't I I don't know what to speak to of your intellectual quote unquote mm-hmm. uh, level because I don't know you in the realm of um, book thinking. Yeah, I know you in the realm of spiritual wisdom, mm-hmm. emotional intelligence. I know you in that realm. So realm. So I'm gonna. I don't want to lie to my listeners. The way that I know Preston is that he's a very wise person. Mm. So what is your wisdom? And I, I think that this is something that we lack in our current society that is coming back. Mm. It's making a comeback. And it used to be more prevalent when we lived in tribal society. 
was we had our wise ones Mm -hmm. and we would go to our wise ones and they were usually a lot older. And I think in our current society, there's this emphasis on this, you know, youth lifestyle and and maybe some of the knowledge of the elders is not as respected. Oh, there's Mitzi giving her canine perspective. (laughs) Um, So how do we become wind in your in your eyes? Small hinges swing big doors. Or more win- windy. <laughs> or windy. Windy Williams. Everyone, and wherever you're sitting, if you're, if you're in a home, look over to your door right now. And notice the small hinges that hold that giant door. As we operate in life, we, everything is a practice. You know, Aristotle says that excellence is not an act, but a habit. And... We have to get in the habit, in the practice of doing small things daily. So if I pick up a rock and I move it up and down over and over again, eventually my bicep is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. It's a muscle. And we're, we're training our consciousness. So when someone comes at you with fire, don't expect to be perfect all the time. Just do your best. And here's, here's the key right here. If you get nothing out of this entire podcast, I promise you, this one thing will be worth 10 years in gold. Like, so every time anything happens, you can ask yourself two questions. One. Wait, I got to do the drum roll. Okay, there <laughs> you go. <laughs> one is, what is the highest choice? Okay, that's really good. So you come at me and you say, you didn't pick up your socks uh, or whatever the case may be, right? And I could go, you you didn't pick up the, the you know the mail yesterday or whatever that is you know because that's what happens that's people coming from defensiveness and exactly anger and, fire fire yeah, yeah yeah or i could say because stillness that's that is a one of the best gifts we've ever had and most people don't use it we just react so quickly we, we everybody's so quick to talk i promise you if you just sit still for a second right somebody comes like me take a breath Hmm, where am I at in this? Is that true for me? First of all, you got to ask yourself, is that true for me? You know, if I come to you and I say, you know what, Rosie, I think you are a bitch. And I think that you have an attitude and that you talk really fast and it's annoying. And all of that just is like, what? That's stupid. No, I'm not. Right? You see that laugh? That didn't land for you. That, that means you don't own that. Right? So if that didn't land for you, then you get to ask yourself, oh, I see, Preston's hurt right now, and he wants me to be hurt like him. He's hurt, and he's responding from hurt. This isn't about me being a bitch or my attitude or talking fast. This is about the fact that I didn't call him three weeks ago like I said I would. You see what I'm saying? It's like when you tell, it's like when when you and your your spouse, uh, I hear this a lot from couples, you guys are... um, you have unsaid issues mm-hmm. and then you say, honey, can you take out the trash? And he flips out. And this is not personal. Experience. It's not the trash. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the trash. And he's like, you always tell me to take out the trash. Yeah. And it, we hear this a lot in married couples, people who have been together for a long time where, you know, the little things start to wear away. Well, it's not the little things. It's the, it's something deeper underneath. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, I like to talk a lot about psychology and I had a friend of mine say, Rosie, sometimes it's not always deeper. It's like, it's always deeper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's always deeper. I don't care what you say. It's not about the trash. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with the trash. And if you keep your mind and your eyes open and, and you really look, what's underneath that? What's underneath? Well, what bothers me about that? Well, bother- mm-hmm. you know, this stuff really works. It, it really does. works. I'm sorry, people. I've done it. I've done the work. Preston's done the work. 
if you look underneath doing and the work looking underneath yes i've done the work and i continue doing the work mm-hmm. on a daily basis and god or whatever slaps me in the face mm-hmm. <laughs> and i go very funny this that happened to me the other day I was being really judgmental towards my mom and my girlfriend, who is amazing and always calls me out, mm-hmm. said, told me, you're being really judgmental about your mom. And I got really defensive, which mm-hmm. meant it landed, mm-hmm. right? And yep. I was like, "Truth, why are you saying that? And I got really defensive and really mad at her. And we got into a huge fight. And then about a week later, I was driving home. And the issue that was bugging me about my mom, I saw, it's like God just gave me a big aha, mm-hmm. that it was something that bothered me about myself. Always. And I called my girlfriend up. I was crying. And I was like, Ashley, I love you so much. You're my girl. You always got my back. Because it takes huevos for her to call me out of my shit. You know, it's like she's a real girlfriend. That's a true friend. That's a true friend. Because she wasn't afraid. She wanted, she was seeing me, wants to see me or sees me as my highest self, like mm-hmm. you said. And so she saw my bullshit and was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> and and you love her that much more. Oh, I totally love right? her so much more. Because I was like, because now I... I always know that she will be honest with me, mm-hmm. 100% honest. And so I can't run my bullshit on her. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal. It I, is. Every, all of you listeners out there, take heed of that. That's a big deal. Being authentic with your friends and family. You, you gain so much more when you, when you hit people with, with the truth or with your truth. And you just are authentic. We don't care if you're perfect all the time. That's one of the issues we have in the society is everybody wants to be perfect. They take 70 pictures until they put the right one on Instagram. And then they Photoshop it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all about being perfect. And, and reality is the best moments. Like I was coaching a friend. I have a, a, a coaching practice. And, and I was coaching this particular guy uh, about some, his music. And he was saying, well, you know, that key and that note wasn't perfect. And I said, you, let, me, let me show you something. And I played a bunch of YouTube videos. And I said, when was it in these videos that you felt the most connected? Oh, it was when they were getting nasty, when they were getting down. <laughs> yes. That nasty is, is the thing that connects us all. When people just get raw and dirty and you just like, ugh, that, well, that energy of it. that was Janis Joplin. Yes. That was Janis Joplin. You don't have to be able to sing that well. If you can just connect, you know mirror neurons fire off and we go yes whatever she's feeling i'm feeling too oh give it to me well it's just like like with okay with stand-up because i do stand-up and a lot of comics i know they make up jokes they just make up jokes and they're not real it's not based on reality mm-hmm. well 98 percent of my material i would say 98 percent because it's not 100 percent is based on my real life mm-hmm. i used to do just jokes i did not do authentic material i would just write jokes and tell jokes and I remember the first time I did an authentic joke, it was about my, my brother who's gay. Mm-hmm. And it was so hard for me. It was so freaking hard. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to talk about my brother and he's gay. and Because it, it was a sore spot for me because there was a lot of issues with him coming out and other things. Yeah. And, of course, the audience doesn't know if it's true or not. They all laughed. But there's something about when I do authentic material versus just jokes that I wrote. I swear to God, Preston, the audience laughs harder. Harder. They can feel it. They can feel it, A. B. The human condition, there's nothing you can feel that I haven't felt. You see what I'm saying? So you can talk about your gay brother, and I can find that in my family ten times. You see what I'm saying? So we all, we're always looking for that. That's why... That that's, connection. Yes. Movies write that way. Songs write... Everybody's looking for a way... To connect. And, yes. Boom. Which is what it's all about. But let me not uh, cheat your audience, because I know there's some people sitting there going, he didn't give us the second... <laughs> The second thing. <laughs> Drum roll. Uh, 
first thing recap in case you dozed off which you should be totally wide awake and at the edge of your seat right now first thing when someone tells you something or does something or a, a, a situation occurs you say what is my is this true for me and how what is my highest what self? is the highest what choice? is the highest choice okay so what's the highest choice here the second question which is the most important question in the history of the world in my opinion I wrote a Huffington Post article just about this in particular, which I do uh, right for the Huffington Post if any of you guys are looking for Preston any of my stuff. does everything. He's um, a slash, slash, slash. Yeah, so if you, if you type in <laughs> Preston Smiles Huff Post, it'll pop up. But I wrote an article about this particular question in general because it is the, the most powerful question in the world, and that is, what would love do now? What would love do now? So, Rosie, you just slapped me. What would love do now? And, and, and keep in mind that I don't believe that love is always roses in the park. It's not all smiles and skipping. Sometimes love says, sit your down and listen to me right now. Or sometimes love says, Rosie, you're being really judgmental about your mom. Exactly. <laughs> Boom. That's all you felt, right? And she loved me. Totally. She loved me because she wanted me to see that about myself, that I was doing that. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's the same reason why, why Michael Jordan had a shooting coach. It's the same reason why, why anybody who's doing anything in the world is, is, uh, has a coach. Anybody who's doing anything big has coaches. They have a team because they can't see everything. They're called blind spots. Exactly. They cannot see everything. And I don't care how much work you do, there's still going to be places where you're like, oh. I didn't know that about yeah, myself. It, boom. <laughs> And you can't heal something until you know it, until you can see it. And everyone has these blind spots. It's it's so it's so crazy. But we think we know ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, how many of us have that friend that gets mad too easily, and they go, "I don't get mad too easily." <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> or that friend that gets too emotional, and they're like, "I'm not emotional while they're crying." You know? Mm-hmm. No, it's a big deal. <laughs> they're so, and they're never gonna stop as long as you have breath in your body. You're gonna have situations and challenges and things that come up. With, like I just. For instance, I have the YouTube channel. I just released uh, a video yesterday about uh, it's called um, Trouble at the Border about how whenever you make a decision to, let's say, go to Mexico, there's always going to be trouble at the border. You know, we always get pumped up on our dreams. Oh, I'm going to go and, and, you know, become a, a famous comedian. Right. And I'm, then they do three or four shows and they don't have a good show. Exactly. <laughs> Trouble at the border, right? Yeah. Or you get started and you go, I don't have enough money to get a really good website and all the, all the good comedians have good websites or I don't have my YouTube channel. Trouble at the border, right? But the understanding is to know that there will always be trouble. There has to be. But on the other side of that is where all the gold lies. And, and, and life is always going to hand us you know, all kinds of, of, of beautiful challenges. But it's how we see those that determines what happens after that. Yeah, that's, actually, that's one of my favorite quotes. There's a famous quote from um, a woman. She's a psychologist from the, I think, 1920s. I'm so bad with names, so <laughs> I, I should mm-hmm. be Googling stuff. But um, it's uh, we're on the other side of fear, there's freedom. Mm-hmm. And it's because once we get over, anytime you're uncomfortable, <laughs> that is a good thing. anytime you feel uncomfortable you get angry you get worked up it's so awesome like some people like oh i don't like getting angry i don't like getting upset anytime something upsets you it's an opportunity for you to say wait what's going on here Mm -hmm. why am i upset by this yep because it's not me slapping you across the face preston that is um the problem it's it's what is it the way that uh 
the way that I react is my problem. The way that I act is my problem. The way that I react back is my own problem. I, I'm, yeah. messing this up. I'm messing this up. No, that was it. That was it. <laughs> so it's like I can slap you across the face and then you can choose to beat me up and mm-hmm. get really pissed off about it. And, and, and then we just had a fight and physically abuse each other. And then mm-hmm. what happened? Nothing. Nothing was solved. Or I can slap you across the face and you can stop and not react and say, Rosie, why did you slap me across the face? What's going on with you? Mm-hmm. Why are you so upset? Let's solve this problem. Yep. Yep. That would be beautiful if our world operated in that way. And our world does operate that way in some instances. And we get to raise the level. This is I was just about to bring that all the way back around. <laughs> and that is exactly why. We're on the same consciousness, Preston. Exactly. That's exactly why I'm one of the founders of something called the Love Mob. That is exactly why I wake up every day and do crazy gratitude stream of consciousness that is exactly why i write for the huffington post that is exactly why i go to these schools and speak to these kids all of the above i have one mission in this world and that is to show and prove that there is only one that all of these ideas whether it's uh, i'm going for the broncos and the seahawks or the christians and the muslims uh, bull bs all of it all of it is belief system and if we can switch our belief system back because we won't have a planet Our kids, kids, kids will not have a planet unless we do something. This is the most important time in human history right now. And this is the largest young people generation in human history. There's never been more people under 25 ever. So it's up to us. And myself and you and anybody else, as they say in the Bible, those with with eyes to see and ears to hear, let them speak. So when I get a chance to go on anything, like literally, I just got a call earlier today from this kid, Mike Posner, Posner, who is this huge, every video he has on YouTube has 23 million hits on it. Like, but that's not a surprise to me. I treat him the same way I treat the janitor. I treat him the same. Everybody's the same to me. We're all on the same mission. And I I know. But I'm assuming you treat the janitor very well. I treat the janitor (laughs) awesome. Because no one's on a pedestal for me. If I met Obama or if I met, you know, a crack addict, I'm going to view them the same way. With the same love, compassion, etc. That is nothing but God standing in front of me. That's how I view it. And that's, that's, that's what we got. That's, for me, it's a must. It's a must, not a should. That is very, very powerful right there. And what I also want to talk about this because... You know, a lot of people, they, you mentioned this in the beginning of the podcast, will sit and complain and say, well, you know, I just don't like how things are in politics, or I just don't like how um, the financial system is, it's really corrupt. Mm-hmm. And they sit and complain, or they'll go on, you know, online message forums and complain or whatever. And you're saying, hey, you can do something about it. Maybe you can't bring down, you know, the world global economy and rebuild it, but you can do something little. You can do a step. You can pick up a rock mm-hmm. for today. And maybe if you pick up that rock a hundred times in your lifetime and you teach your kids to pick up that rock a hundred times in your lifetime. While I'm doing it too and Rosie's and- <laughs> doing it and all of us are doing it. Oh, yeah. Then then things are going to make a huge global shift. And I think that's happening already. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, you started the love mob. There's love mobs forming in other cities. And mm-hmm. this was, I mean, this is a new thing. You started year. love mob one year ago, right? Mm-hmm. I was going to ask. So, and, and now they're sprouting up all over the place. There's online communities of people, not just Love Mob, but other things of positive thinking all over. Transformational thinking and transformational religions are sprouting up everywhere. And I I just think that it's really important for people to, uh, one, be in community because... uh, 
we are connected, but sometimes it doesn't feel that connected mm -hmm. when you're kind of in your living room by yourself typing on your computer. And it's important to meet up, you know, and that's it's huge. That's why, you know, on my spiritual journey on, on a kind of separate but also connected note, you know, I used to I was atheist for a while and then I, I be became very spiritual and I thought, well, you know, I have a personal relationship with God. I don't need to go to a church. I don't like organized religion. And it wasn't that I didn't like organized religion. It was that I hadn't found a space or a place where people were like-minded. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think a lot of people grow up in very traditional religions or conservative or conventional religions where they don't really feel connected. And so they just go, well, religion's not for me. Yeah. You know, and I think it's very important to, maybe if you're not religious, but um, we have an emotional intelligence. You know, we have, there's an, a physical intelligence, which is being in shape and being healthy. There's mental intelligence, which is, you know, reading books and learning information. And then there's spiritual emotional intelligence, which is very, very, very important. And I think that that thrives in community. Mm. You know, you can't you can't be spiritual by yourself. But you know, when when you're with a bunch of people and you're doing something good for the world, that's our nature. Yeah, that's our nature. We're social creatures. We have those mirror neurons, mm -hmm. like you said. That's our nature. And so you, it really, it activates something. And you know, I've done group activities where I have done you know psychedelics. I've admitted that on the podcast many times. I've done psychedelics. I've done mushrooms. I've done all sorts of things. I have also done community service events. Uh, group events, mm -hmm. you know, things with uh, transformational like-minded people and felt, I am not kidding, the same Just as high, physical yeah. high, mm -hmm. physical, as being on an altered substance. Yep. That's why people come to Love Mobs. I got at least 100 messages just today about that. It never stops. That's my phone's been going off since I even got in here because people leave these, we don't have, we don't serve alcohol. We don't do anything at our events. It's literally, you're going to get high on love. You're going to get high on people. And I 100% agree with that. I also have sat in many ceremonies and also sat in a meditation by myself in the middle of India and been like, holy and felt Ow. the same exact it's, physical I am physical experience. All of the above. And and the reason is because this is also science, is that when you take a psychedelic or a drug or an alcohol, it's only the the neurological electrical signal is only what your physical experience is only there because it's inside of you already. Yeah, it's already there. And so the drug or the alcohol is just pressing a little button in your brain that makes you experience yeah. that. And you know. A, I've heard a lot, you know, I've done a lot of comedy shows for AA groups and NA groups and other groups like that. And people say, oh, well, that's a bunch of baloney or, you know, I was a love addict or I was a drug addict and I was addicted to that feeling. People, you can get that feeling naturally. Mm -hmm. And actually, if you're doing the, you know, the overload of drugs and the drinking, you might burn out those receptors mm -hmm. and then you won't be able to experience them naturally. Yeah. So it's really important for you to be doing communal activities. Big time. Big time. So, are you planning already for the next Love Mob? We are. We actually have one on Monday, but uh, it's it's limited to fifty people. It's a uh, give us a little hint and it, and some future glimpses into some of the other. But we do have another Love Mob uh, at the end of March. It is called Detox, and it is. I'll explain it like this: It'll happen in a space. There'll be a DJ set up, one giant open space. Uh, a sound bath, like gongs and things of that nature. And as soon as you walk in, the only rules are you can only laugh, dance, scream, or cry. 
No talking. No talking. Oh my gosh, I'm excited about this one because I love dancing stuff. Mm-hmm. I've done trance dancing and other exactly. spiritual dancing, and I'm excited. So we're taking that and and putting our own twist on it. So that's happening at the end of March, and then we'll have. Uh, we'll let April be what it is because of Coachella and Lucidity and all the other beautiful events that are happening. <laughs> and, May- and these events are growing, by the way. Speaking of human consciousness, these events are growing mm-hmm. and growing and growing by the numbers to the point where last year, Burning Man, I think, was the largest it's ever, ever been, been in the history of Burning Man. I tried to get my tickets today and they were uh, they kicked me out. But I'll, I'll, get, <laughs> I'll get them no matter what. Burning Man's amazing. Everybody and anybody. I'll take my grandmother to Burning Man if I could. Like Everybody should go to Burning Man. Seriously, everybody should go to Love Mobs as well. So if you are out there, go to thelovemob.org or forward slash uh, on Facebook, The Love Mob with and the. I just want you people to know wherever you are that you can create your own Love Mob. Boom. If you're living in a small town and you're thinking, oh gosh, who who the heck is going to do this with me? This is so stupid. You know, get those negative conversations out uh-huh. of your mind and just start creating it. Did mm-hmm. you, when you started creating it, did you think that it would, this, it would go this fast and be what it was? No clue. No clue. But see, uh, my 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 viewpoint is I don't have to know. I just have to know the the knower. So uh, I do believe in a God. I do believe that that God is in me as me is me. And and when the vision came through about the love mob, I was clear like, oh, yeah, let's go. It's on. But I didn't know that it would be this. No. But we just have to tap into the source. Well, let's talk about trouble at the border. Yes. Because you said whenever an idea comes, whenever something comes, mm-hmm. there's trouble at the border. What were some of your troubles at the border and how did you get over those hurdles when you uh, found out about them? Mm, you yeah. know, so you're starting to love mob. You're like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to spread the love. Sounds good and dandy. But then there's trouble at the border. Big time. <laughs> One out the bat. Like we started a Facebook page. I bought like, first of all, it was called the love movement. Before? Yeah. Okay. And I bought all the domains, everything you can imagine, love movement. And we... I'm racked- surprised it wasn't taken. Here sign, we go. Sign from the universe. Here we go. So <laughs> okay. We start going, and it's we're gaining traction. People are pumped. I have, I'm handing out cards everywhere. I'm like, it's it's on, and I get a message on Facebook, and there's a guy, and he says, "Listen, um, I trademark that, so if you want to continue, you're gonna need to give me a lot of money." And I was like, "What? You're like, I'm trying to spend. The you're not even there. doing anything with it, <laughs> and you want me to spend the millions of dollars? I was pissed." You're like, I'm trying yeah like what are you you butthead you're gonna buy the love movement and then be a hey that sounds like not your highest consciousness thinking yeah (laughs) totally totally like this guy i'm gonna burn down his house no you asked me what the trouble of the border was and that's exactly what it was was my 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 ego mind was hurt but i understood what i'm what we're talking about right now so i said oh that's the ego mind oh that's the cry baby that's the scary cat that's the monkey mind that's the challenge right the pain body yes so what's the highest choice what would love do now preston well love would get with his partners and say what do we do next because this isn't stopping it took us one day to come up with the love mob boom flying out the gate one month later we had the first mob december 15th one day after the sandy hook school shooting close to a thousand people show up boom on and popping and that's just the beginning. We have had so many different... And trouble at the border is always going to be there, even when you accomplish it. I have friends who just bought a $42 million mountain. Are you guys familiar with the Summit Series? I'm not. So seven 29-year-olds bought a $42 million mountain 
in Utah. Where at, they, at a physical mountain? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I'm excited. Where they host the most amazing entrepreneurs from all over the world. Like, look up their Wikipedia page. Like, they have hundreds of million dollars flowing through there. And these kids aren't even 30 yet. Where, where did, no, are they entrepreneurs? Where did they get the money from? Richard Branson and people like that. But they sold the idea to investors and were able to yes, get the money. Yes, they got, okay, got it. Yes, got it. exactly. But that's a whole other ball game. It's tied up in all kinds of stuff. But the fact of the matter is that they dared to dream big. And even with all that, they're still having challenges. Same thing with the love mob. Even though people are showing up in droves and it's going down. And people love it and they're spreading the word. I'm spreading the word. And here's the other thing. Whenever you set out to do, especially if it's something that is supposed to be positive. You see, in our society right now, we praise Lil Wayne. We praise um, anybody who's doing anything that's gangster, right? Any, we, uh, Miley Cyrus is all over the news while people are dying in different countries. Sticking her tongue out and shoving exactly. her butt up. Yeah. But the distractions of the media. Yes. <laughs> Let you say, oh, I'm going to write a book about positivity. And then have a bad day. What happens then? The oh, she's a, yeah, the she's a, she's out. a, she's a faker. She's not really love. She doesn't really, she's not really positive. That kind of stuff. There's the inner critic and then there's the world, right? So having a love mob, do you understand what that, what kind of standard people hold you at? If you have any sort of negative energy, people kind of point the finger. Oh, right? yeah. yeah. Like, oh, you're, that's a fake thing then. Why would you be the love mob if you're like going to be mad one day? Like, real like i'm a person I love your critical voice by the way <laughs> yeah, like, i'm a person a human being and i don't care who you are like i said obama or a janitor all of the above they're getting the same respect and same love from me but if i'm still a dude at the end of the day i grew, i was born in compton and i got kicked out of six different high schools i graduated with straight a's i'm currently dyslexic it goes down i'm a regular cat doing extraordinary <laughs> things i think that there's just this 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 thing in society is that people tend to in general i'm not you know obviously there's loving and positive people mm-hmm. but in general there's this and I, it's because of the way our media system is structured but there's this we love to tear people down you know obama gets the nobel peace prize and people go well why did he get the nobel peace prize blah blah blah, blah, blah. or someone you know uh does something positive and they get torn down you know Britney Spears, I love Britney. I know this is like kind of a silly example. You know, she was out there performing and dancing a couple months after she had her kid. Mm-hmm. And people were saying, oh, look how fat Britney is. She just had a freaking kid. Yeah, it's exactly. like, what is wrong with you people? She uh-huh. looks better at 32 or however old she does than, you know, half of America. America is a country of overweight, unhealthy people. Mm-hmm. Yet these people are sitting there judging, saying, well, look how fat Britney looks. Well, she just had a kid. Let's come with some compassion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I get that too. I preach a lot of positivity, a lot of new thought, open mind mindedness progressive thinking in my podcast and you know i just had a religious spiritual leader on who was amazing and i had you know a um a negative you know we call them trolls troll you know message me saying well i love this guy he's great but you know the host was annoying she didn't know what she was doing he basically put a little paragraph of criticism mm-hmm. yet he's saying he loves this political this uh, spiritual religious leader and on the podcast the religious guy was saying Practice non-judgment. Yeah, exactly. You know, don't be a <laughs> don't. That's what he said. He said, whatever your religion is, don't be a mm-hmm. And yet this guy is saying, I'm a huge fan of this religious leader. Yet he was sitting there criticizing me mm-hmm. in a giant paragraph. It's like, dude, you're not doing what... It's like you're saying you believe this in this, yet mm-hmm. you're not doing it. Yeah, now here's the challenge. Here's the challenge for you. Yes, tell me. I'm ready. <laughs> what would love do now? Oh, well, love has been doing it. Love has been... 
just pushing forward with my positive message. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I had, so I had my lowest common denominator reaction, mm-hmm. right? So I got this negative comment. I got really, really upset. And I was going to, you know, because the guy tweeted at me and he messaged me. He of like course. He like messaged me like three times. He was trying to hurt you. Yeah, trying to hurt me, right? Yeah. And so my lowest common denominator wanted to immediately tweet back at him and say something really mean yeah. and do something really awful. Fire and fire. Yeah, fire and fire, right? And then I was going to um, like do something to his car. I don't know. I, I had all these like... Do something to his car. <laughs> yeah. No, not his car, but my mind started spiraling and I was like, well, what if... And I did go into lowest common denominator. Mm-hmm. And then I said, you know what? It's not worth it. Mm-hmm. It's not... It's not uh, what is it? it it's not going to solve anything it's not going to do anything so um, my husband was actually say, saying that I should have retweeted him or tweeted at him something really positive mm-hmm. which I didn't do um, because my husband was saying that Andrew was saying that there's this there's this guy I guess there's this guy in Jeopardy right now who's like pissing everyone off because he's like I don't know I don't, I don't know what's going on but there's this guy on Jeopardy and he's pissing everyone off and, and or pissing a lot of people off by the style that he plays Jeopardy. So people have been sending him a lot of messages, and the guy always sends positive messages back. Yeah, that's his way. But that's let, his way. Let me, let, me, let me just... Okay, I'm going a, off on a tangent. Bring a couple <laughs> things to your attention. One being, if you did, you place it there. So w- remember, what you resist persists. So if so, if you respond positively, you're still you're still re- you're still you're still engaging in it. Got it, got it, got it. So, but that's okay if you would, if you're clear on that, but you're still engaging in it. Here's the other thing for all of us, and this is a lesson for you. This is a lesson for me. And this is a lesson for anybody who's listening. So much beauty happens every day. Since we've walked in here, my trillions of cells have been crip walking all through my body, <laughs> having a great time. Right. Like since like it's been beautiful. Your dogs are over there having an amazing time and like exactly. <laughs> the point is, all kinds of amazing things happen all day. So shifting the focus to the positive. Exactly. Got but it, this it, one person brings you to the lowest common denominator, and not the three thousand other people who enjoyed the podcast and listen and all the positive comments that I've exactly. been getting. Exactly. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So you see where your focus. brain went? Shift the focus. Yes, but that's not uncommon. In our society right now, as soon as somebody pops up negative, we want to punch them back because we're so focused on the little thing and and small hinges swing big doors. If we just keep bringing it back to what's real, like what's real? Was that, was that me? Like all the stuff he's saying, like, so I'm not here, especially. And that's another thing you get to check. Am I doing this so that people give me positive feedback? Or am I doing this because I must? Am I doing this because I care that a society gets to hear a bunch of different opinions from somebody who's amazing and funny? And yes, there's always going to be a bit of ego attached, and that's awesome. <laughs> but, but all we need uh, is 51%. We just, need, we just need that one on the other side. The one cell. Yeah. The one cell. I am doing this because I, you know, I had been approached for a long time to do a podcast. I had so many people coming up to me. I had several friends. You know, I had a friend that said, oh, I want to do a threesome podcast. You, you know, me, it was a guy, me and two other funny girls. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ah, it doesn't feel right. And, you know, mostly I was up because I'm a stand-up, mostly about 90% of the people who approached me, and I got approached a lot, mm-hmm. wanted to do a comedy podcast. Mm-hmm. And 
comedy is really important to me and stand-up is really important to me and it probably consumes 80% of my life. But the other 20% of my life is in this world that I am so passionately in love with. Mm-hmm. And that's the world of transformational thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, most of the guests, I know you mentioned Marianne in the beginning. You know, I've had Marianne as a guest on my podcast. Mm-hmm. I've had, you know, spiritual religious leaders. I've had political leaders. You know, I've had, you know, I just had my last episode was a pro-sexed uh, feminist. I, I listened to that. And I, I've had people from all walks of life. And I just, I want to bring different perspectives mm-hmm. than is what in the mainstream and I want to bring every guest that I have regardless of who they are I try to bring on people who kind of have that positive transformational edge to them mm-hmm. you know I, I really try I've had a lot of people want to be guests on the podcast I've had recommendations for guests on the podcast and the people they don't vibe with my consciousness level mm-hmm. you know I'm my husband was making fun of me. He said, what are you just doing this podcast to like spew, spew your way of thinking onto other people? I'm like, yeah, kind of. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just, I want to find people who are like-minded and who are preaching a similar or positive message mm-hmm. and bring it to as many listeners as possible because that's my rock that I pick up every day. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. That's beautiful. And then my little bit of ego is like, can you guys please leave positive comments uh-huh. on the website? <laughs> Can I get likes and can you retweet me and can you hashtag me and can you like because it helps it helps bring the message it's a big deal. and if you're sitting there watching Fox News or CNN or any of the mainstream all you're seeing is bombarded with negative messages 90% and then 10% you know a cute story about a kitten getting saved from a tree and I want to bring the reality of the world which is that there pe- there's people like Preston Smiles out there giving his heart every single day there's people building community gardens in the hood there's people you know Mm -hmm. helping each other there's people after you know a situation like boston bombing or sandy hook there's people coming together and the love and the positivity and the goodness is way more than 51 percent, baby Mm -hmm. oh yeah and i want to bring awareness to that Mm -hmm. because you know there's this idea that things have to be a lose win yeah you know Mm-hmm. And it's just not true. So that's why I do it. <laughs> Beautiful. Awesome. That's amazing. Um, why do you do the love mob? Because you must. Because I must. <laughs> because I, I live by the creed that love will find a way. Everything else will find an excuse. Now, were you always like this? Because you're telling me I grew up in Compton. I'm dyslexic. I, you know, f- moved from school, whatever. When did this epiphany or this truth become part of your soul and your well-being and your consciousness? Hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, I believe we have these soul contracts. Like we, like I was destined to do and be all that I am right now. I, I do believe that. Uh, but I do also believe that uh, this life is about choice, not chance. And I could have taken many roads. And, and listening to intuition, and I'll tell this one particular quick story. Uh, I was 15 years old. Some friends came over to do what we always do, which is get in this blue Astro van with my buddy Rudy and Scott, go drink alcohol, smoke weed, and be stupid kids. And they came <laughs> okay. over, and for some reason, my intuition said don't. I didn't know what intuition was. I was 15. But something was like, don't do it. I was like, no, nah, I'm going to stay. Are oh, you going to stay? You're going to be a Yep, I'm going to be a I'm going to stay home. All right, all right, cool, cool, cool. Within an hour, everybody in that car was shot. Uh, my best friend Scott, who I would have fought over the front seat with that night, because that's what we did every day, was shot in the head and died immediately. And that was one of those moments where I was like, why am I being saved? Why time after time after time, when I did the same crime that my friends did that I didn't get caught, why is this happening? Why is it that I keep getting moved and put in positions? Why am I well-spoken? Why am I beautiful? Why am I all these things? Well, I get it now. 
the universe needs me. The universe is using me as a tool like it did Martin Luther King and Gandhi and Mother Teresa. But it's not just me anymore. It's not just one of us. It's a bunch of us. So that's why. That is very, very powerful stuff right there. And you guys, wherever you are, you can also be mm-hmm. a love mob. And mm-hmm. I'm not just saying love mob in the literal sense. I'm saying in your community, wherever you are, if you're sitting around complaining, saying, oh, this sucks, society sucks, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Great. It sucks. Let's move on. Yeah. Now what? Now what? You think it sucks. How can we fix it? Mm-hmm. Because what else are we here to do? Right. We're not here to be, you know, to go to a job. We're not here to be just, you know, insert box, insert box, insert box. And when I say that, I mean being in a box, Mm -hmm. being defined as, well, you're a black male person from Compton. That's Mm -hmm. all you'll be. You're exactly. And you're saying, no, I'm not part of this box, this box. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be part of an international global movement of love. Mm -hmm. And Preston, is there not to demean you or say that there's nothing special about you, but is there anything special about you do you have superpowers or are you just a normal dude i'm a dude you're just a dude i'm a dude and and i'm just a girl and you know whoever if you're sitting there saying well who am i to do this you know like mary williams says who are you not mm-hmm. we are gonna wrap up preston what else is going on you have so many projects going on promote them let me know what's up so the no. listeners can follow you i'm it's 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 super simple at Preston Smiles everywhere you look. So if you <laughs> okay. put at Preston Smiles, I write for the Daily Love. I write for the Huffington Post. Uh, soon to write for Good Guy Swag. Um, I speak at different colleges and schools. So if you want to bring me in, let's go. I'll talk to your kids in a second. Um, and thelovemob.org. You can find me on YouTube, which I'm very proud of. My YouTube channel is cracking right now, and I see even more coming. There's some some things in the pipeline that are getting ready to line up. Um, so yeah, find me on YouTube under Preston Smiles or Questions with Preston. And all in all, it, I mean, shit, don't do any of that. Just make sure you love, like love on people. This is all we got, y'all. Like this, it's a big deal. And and I, I'll say this. On your deathbed, you won't care whether you made a million dollars in stocks and bonds. You won't care whether you uh, bought the best Apple computer. You won't care whether you dropped your iPhone in the toilet. You won't care about any of those things. You'll care whether you loved and whether you let people love you. So if we know that that's the end game, like that's truth. Time after time that has been proven with Philip Seymour Hoffman and different people. If you don't deal with those inner demons, your outer... will overtake you. Boom. Step up and love people. It is so true. And stop being in denial if you're saying, well, I'm fine. I don't need, you know, that or I don't, that's not for me. It's for everyone. Come on. This is like basic human stuff. Uh Being a human being, loving. If you have friends around you that are sarcastic and snippy and saying, well, that that stuff's just stupid. I'm sorry. Get away from those people because we only have one life and we need to uh, be as loving, positive and transformational as far as our society is concerned. And guys, if you enjoy the podcast, as always, please go to outoftheboxpodcast.com and click on the donate button. We're now accepting Litecoins and Bitcoins for all of you tuckies out there. And subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher. This has been Out of the Box with Rosie Tran. Ooh, ooh.